0: Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Bible Quest, the Tuesday edition. Uh, we're thankful that you're able to join us today, and whether you're coming in on the Zoom app or on the Facebook page, on Scott's Facebook page, uh, we want you to comment in and uh, any questions that you have along in our discussion today, we're happy to address those and talk about those further. So on the Zoom app, you can use the Q&A uh, or the comment window, chat window to do that, or just comment on the Facebook page, and we'll be monitoring that throughout the show. Uh, so uh, this afternoon we've got uh, the panelists with us, Scott Snusser, our program director. How you doing, Scott? Doing all right. Good to see you today. And uh, guest speaker from the Wednesday show, Joe Works, is with us today. How you doing, Joe?
1: I am just fine. I'm glad that I finally got
0: promoted. It's nice uh, being able to make it to the Tuesday show. Yeah, this is the professional show. So welcome to the uh, <laughs> higher pay grade. We make, we make triple what you make. So <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They also what we make yeah 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 either way either way so we're glad that you're able to join us today Thanks. um so we've got a uh, topic that we can go in a whole lot of different directions we want to address a couple of specific things along this this topic and two specific bible verses but scott you want to kind of introduce where we're going today
2: and we're going to be talking about obligations and duties to family and we'll probably go depending on where you as the audience and where our panelists choose to go with that in a variety of directions But one of the particular directions we want to make sure to include today is the duty that we have toward our parents uh, and toward our grandparents. And we can talk about what our duty is to our parents when we're little and also what our duties to our parents are when they are older. Um, And I'm going to start throwing out some questions here and we'll get into that and our panelists will start bringing in Bible verses and, and going over the principles. But I want to make one comment before we do. There are few things in life that require and deserve as much work as our families, and few things in life that return so many rewards. Amen. And in our culture, we are the family is an attack on multiple levels in multiple ways. And if we follow the pattern of this world we start ignoring the duties and obligations of our families which our families suffer for and we suffer for so gentlemen getting into the word of god where do you want to start on what scripture says about caring for our families
0: well the first place that comes to my mind is in first timothy chapter 5 um, where paul is writing to timothy instructing him on uh, how the church is to care for widows he brings up a side point or i guess maybe the maiden point in chapter five um, where he's talking about widows who are truly widows and how the church ought not be burdened uh, if the family is able to take care of those widows and he brings it up here in uh, verse seven command these things this is first timothy five verse seven command these things as well so that they may be without reproach but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And he goes on to give instructions in verse 9 and following about enrolling widows and financially supporting them with the church funds and and how that's supposed to work. But that verse in verse 8, he makes it very clear. It's the responsibility of the relatives of a family member to care for them. And it's a pretty strong statement that Paul makes. If you don't, you've denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. Um, so obviously, Paul feels very strongly about that uh, in caring for your relatives. And, and how far does
2: the relative thing go? What does it say in verse four?
1: Repay their parents.
2: Mm-hmm. And not only their parents.
1: Uh, oh, uh, for grand, you, you, it, it's two generations. You have grandchildren being discussed as well, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so what I take from this is Great grandparents, you can push them off the cliff. No, <laughs> that would not be the point that I should have taken. But we do see here specifically, you know, the obligation to your parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about this in detail. Uh, but before we get into those details, let's back up and get a broader picture. Maybe taking us back to the Old Testament, where do we see family duties and stuff begin? And maybe if you guys just kind of paint a big picture for us of family duties and then bring us back to this text and start discussing how this works
1: out in real life. Well, in my mind, there's this kind of subtlety listed throughout the, the book of Genesis uh, that the Hebrew writer, I think, helps us to understand a little bit about what was going on that we may not ha- see just by, by reading through the, the storyline, particularly from Genesis 12 on, um, uh, but in Hebrews 11 and in verse 9, speaking about Abraham, it says, but he by faith he sojourned in the land of promises in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. And so there you have three generations dwelling together, living together. Um, I'm not gonna make a big point. I don't wanna make a larger point out of that than the Hebrew writer does. But to me, it's significant that you have this sense of living by faith and that influences multi-generations uh, through a family
2: when we come to the new testament who's uh, who's a disciple that paul talks about the faith that was in him had come through a multi-generational thing
1: exactly through Timothy. Through yeah the, the same person that he's writing to that we mentioned earlier timothy
2: and mentions his parent and, his and
1: grandparent
2: mm-hmm. yeah going back to the curses in genesis 3 um What 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 we see in the curses of Genesis 3 as far as family duties?
1: There's going to be responsibilities both of the husband and of the wife. Is that where you're going?
2: Yeah, yeah. And the wife's duties are primarily in the curses reflected in her domestic role. Mm -hmm. And the husband we see being the provider for the family, especially in that they're both, it's gonna be difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, his role of providing is gonna be more difficult Her role of bearing children. So what is our, paint a picture for me of kind of what's going on in our society now, family-wise, and especially considering this First Timothy 5 passage, but wherever you wanna go, and what the Bible says.
1: So I wonder if, like, sometimes I'm tempted to say, here's the way it was in Bible times, and here's the way it is now. Uh, certainly when we look around at what's going on now, there's a lot of, of rejection and even ridicule of uh, the biblical family. Yes, uh, You think of as the biblical family, uh, the, what you described there for the husband and the wife, and then looking at how they raise children and how they interact with, with grandparents and grandchildren and, and so forth. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeing that as god's desire um but then as we look back like in the story of abraham um uh, and isaac and jacob we see them making some of the same mistakes that we recognize in our culture as well Um, uh, and we see the consequences of that Uh, so we ought to we ought not to think that wow everything was just great back then and now our culture has gone to pot We can use the Bible to learn what happens when people ignore God's ways.
2: In fact, a lot of the Old Testament examples are more examples of dysfunction and failure, particularly in parenting. Jonathan, any thoughts on that or any other direction
0: you want to go? Um, Yeah, just what Joe was saying that really reminds me of uh, the wisdom literature, particularly in Ecclesiastes, where a number of times he'll make the statement that there's nothing new under the sun. Um, But I'm thinking particularly of in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 10, where he says, say not why were the former days better than these, for it is not from wisdom that you ask this. There's certainly things that we can learn from history, um, but there have been the same problems and the same answers to those problems throughout all of history, um, if we examine that. One thing that I want to bring up um, as well in, in relating to the responsibilities in the family and how that branches out into like first Timothy five and verse eight, where Paul brings up that you need to care for your relatives. Um, There seems to be in a number of conversations that I've had with different Christian couples, uh, a pull in two different directions and trying to figure out how to balance these two different family ideas. So in first Timothy five and verse eight, there's the command to care for your relatives. And if you don't, you've denied the faith and you're worse than a believer in genesis chapter 2 and verse 24 when the family is founded by god and the statement is made therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh there are subfamilies within the family that each have their responsibilities and so at the marriage point the wife is now subject to the husband and they have their family but their parents are still their family as well, and what tends to happen in the natural course of life is the parents get older, the grandparents get older, they need more help, and in the conversations I've had with with Christian married couples is some of the hardest, most stressful, emotionally draining and mentally draining years for their marriage relationship are in those years of taking care of their parents or their in-laws, whichever, whichever one comes, or, or sometimes both in situations, so i don't know if i really have enough experience or wisdom to really answer how that's supposed to work but do you guys have any thoughts or, or discussion points you want to make on how do you balance the the leave and cleave command with the care for your relatives command yeah so
1: i think a temptation that mankind has and and my wife beth uh, helped me to to formulate this thought a little bit so uh hopefully i can remember her words better than my own um is that sometimes we tend to pick and choose which commands we want to emphasize right the pharisees did that um uh, you know they kind of ignored those those little things like love and mercy um uh, but the, the tithing yeah they, they wanted to make sure they got that right mm-hmm. um Uh, And so we might be tempted in uh, this area, discussion about the the family, to accept readily the roles that fit our desires or our personalities or the way that we've formed our own character or whatever, and then kind of push back that they're not as important the other ones. And and that could look differently in, in every scenario, right? I mean, some people might... Have trouble with their spouse. And so they lean more towards the parents and say, oh, I gotta go take care of them. And so I'm gonna ignore my role within my new household, or vice versa. I really like the way things are going. Oh, that's gonna really cramp our style. Uh, you know, maybe we can just do something different and you know, don't really need to go all out in fulfilling uh 1 Timothy 5.8. Um, we need to be really careful not to allow our own desires to dictate which commands we're going to emphasize.
2: That's a good point. What if you've got a situation where um, here's the husband and wife, it's some distance away are the parents. The parents are now older Uh, And and let's just point out the cycle of life here before before we get into that. Mm -hmm. When we're little, what do we need from our parents? Everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of care.
2: Yeah. Can we walk very well? No. No. Uh, Can we, are we always understandable? No. No. Do we always have real good control of our bodies? Mm -hmm. No. Um, Do we need attention? If we live long enough, we tend to go out the way we came in. It's cuter on the way in. But <laughs> still needs to be addressed on the way out. But before you get to that level of thing, there's other things where they need help with this, they need help with that. What, what are some of the needs, say in this uh, scenario we're painting here, here's a husband and wife and hours or states away are the uh, parents. What are some of the things uh, and let's, let's say in this scenario, it's the, the wife. what are some things that her parents might be needing, really needing, what might, that might be, be demanding, what might be, they, they, you know, that uh, whether rightly or wrongly, what are some things that they might be looking for from their daughter over here?
1: So you kind of added a caveat there at the end of what they might be looking for. I'll go a little bit broader than that. I like the initial of what they might be needing um, because those aren't always going to be the same. Right. Um, uh, so sometimes what they might be needing is some medical attention, not so much like the nurse or the doctor, but somebody to help guide them through what they need to be doing uh, to take care of themselves, maybe finding doctors, making sure that appointments are kept and you know some of those details, because of uh, forgetfulness, sometimes that that happens. Um, uh, another thing would be financial issues. Um, as people get older, you know it's uh, it's scary to think about, and I've just, I just I see it almost on a weekly basis now of some scoundrel taking advantage of elderly people. Oh yeah, and uh, so you know they they may need some. Uh, Uh, some guidance in their financial matters, which is really pretty uncomfortable uh, on both sides. Um, But but those would be a couple of them, I would think, like kind of big items that are going to need to be cared for, along with the more uh, uh, nuanced things like emotional attention and, uh, you know, uh, spiritual help um, along the way, encouragement and Uh, All of the the fruits of the spirit certainly need to be kept in mind.
2: Right. Jonathan, I want you to come back and comment on that further in just a second, but I want to read a comment we have from Dan. He says, many people warned my wife and I that having my mother live with us because she's getting up in age would be the death of our marriage. Well, it's a struggle at times. We're still going strong, and I'm glad to be able to be half the help for my mom that she was to me growing up. I think that's really, really well put. Thank Amen. You.
1: Wow, that, that's wonderful. And that's the attitude that families need to go into it with. Um, it is unfortunate that you that people like whoever Dan's friends were that, 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 that warned him of that, that, that people almost go into this uh, scenario thinking, this is going to be horrible. It's kind of like when your child magically changes from age 12 to age 13. <laughs> like, oh no, you've got a teenager in the house. It's going to be, it's going to be terrible. No, it doesn't have to be. All right. So much of it is determined by the way that you're going yes. to, and by the way that you've prepared beforehand. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. And that applies here as well. Right. So, uh, thoughts on that question. What are some of the demands and what are some of the real needs? And also, can things get maybe into some unreasonable demands and such, but what might be yeah. some tensions and polls?
0: Yeah, so um, I think there needs to be an understanding and a responsibility on both sides of the coin, both with the children that are caring for their parents and the parents that are caring for their children. We discussed this a little bit earlier, um, Scott, but there can be some unrealistic expectations that are had and some different standards that and, and demands that aren't really fair to the children. So for example we'll paint a hypothetical that we're still using that same scenario that the the parents are living in one area and the children are living in another area kind of far away and they're starting to get to the point where maybe they need daily help Um, and you know it could start out as kind of you know maybe they need once a week someone to mow the yard Uh, someone to come down and and you know prepare go grocery shopping or whatever but now it's progressed to like daily needs and like every meal needs to be prepared and things like that Um, it would be unrealistic and unfair to demand that your child need to come and be there every single day but let's say that the child recommends and offers why don't you all move up with us into our house or move closer to us so that we don't have to spend so much time away. If the parents have the attitude of they need help and demand help, but refuse to move where the children can help them, I think that there's a problem there also. The children need to be willing to make sacrifices and, and provide for their parents, kind of like what Dan said, and be half of the help that the parents were for them when they were kids. But parents also need to have a little bit of humility and give in that as well, and kind of swallowing of pride. That can be a problem. Pride and arrogance can be an issue on both sides of the coin. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. so let me paint a little bit of a personal picture here that really fits a lot into, uh, Jonathan, I just know that, noticed that you are uh, labeling yourself as Drew De Grotto. that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, my wife's parents um, recently had some pretty serious medical situations. Um, and uh, needed some attention. Beth would go over there occasionally. It became pretty obvious that they needed some some more help. They became aware of that. We invited them to come and live with us. They accepted that. And they came, they moved in with us and have been living with us now for uh, a a while. My father-in-law just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, My mother-in-law is still living with us. And I tell you what, there have been some, some challenges on, on all sides. I know, Scott and Jonathan, you guys are going to have trouble accepting this, but sometimes I'm hard to live with. You know, it's hard to imagine. I know. No. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, and, and, and everybody is. You know, when all of a sudden you have this, like, two adult families, you know, slam together, there's some, some friction and, and that sort of thing. Boy, just trying to be Christ-like. And, and think about, again, the fruit of the spirit, think about the Beatitudes, and, and keep in mind what, what God has done for us, and, and how we need to, to seek to, to fulfill his wishes in, in this area, I think goes, goes so far, but I'm really thankful that my in-laws recognized that my, my job, uh, I don't usually use that term, but just for for, for this discussion, uh, my work as an evangelist is here in New York. They lived in, in, in Indiana. It's, I could not just very easily pack up and, and move there and, and then be able to provide for them uh, jobless. Uh, that, that wouldn't work out. Just, that's just not reasonable. And so they did with great humility and, uh, and love they said, yeah, we, we need to, we need to move there. And yeah. I, I think it's really significant. We ought not to just say "Well, yeah, that's what they ought to do and, and snap. Mm-hmm. Think about yeah. some of these parents, like in the, the old, the aged parents, some of them have lived where they are mm-hmm. decades. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it is a matter of pride or humility. Sometimes it's a matter of, of comfort and like all of their doctors are there. Yeah. And Uh, you know, they know where all the stores are and you're asking them to to, go to a new country. It it, it is asking a lot. And so the the children that are taking care of the parents need to be really patient with those things.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, A viewer says that can also depend on where each live. And in your scenario, you described well why one thing wouldn't work and why the other thing did work. But here's a question that ties into some of the things that you just talked about, too. Uh, And and I'm not looking forward to this. Jonathan, you're a long way from uh, having to have your children, grandchildren care for you. I'm not that far away from you're going to have to be taking care of me. So, (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan's my son.
0: (laughs) So, I'm planning on keeping Abby on him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'll bring up all of the things. We're recording this so that I can play it back to you later on but here's
2: something to think about it's hard to lose your independence right and as as parents age sometimes they do become more childlike not intentionally or at least their needs sometimes the mind goes before the body sometimes the body before the mind but i'd like some of your thoughts on and, and from the audience as well some of the challenges there because we still have a duty to honor. Well, let, let's back up and, and, and catch this. Yes. Ephesians 6 gives two verbs of children towards parents, two verb duties in Ephesians 6. What are they?
0: Honor and obey.
2: Honor and obey. One of those applies to when you are little, and one of them keeps applying. Mm-hmm. Because in Corban, when Jesus condemns their practice of Corban, where you tell your parents, you don't get anything that belongs to me. It's kind of like disinheriting in reverse. That was something that grown children would say to their grown parents. And Jesus said that was a violation of honor,
1: your father and mother. So And and, and that's the same word, that's the same word that's used here in First Timothy five of honoring widows. Oh, very good. Yeah. that's helpful to recognize that that is an adult obligation not not that children don't need to honor as well (laughs) but but that is a an adult obligation
2: I I want to share a couple of family things here and then see see what you guys think when I was little uh I spoke to my daddy on yes sir and he was daddy and then as I got older he was dad and I'm pretty sure I slipped into some yeah instead of yes sir And maybe sometime around age 30, or early 30s or so, somewhere between 30, 35, I realized, I need to show respect to my father. Mm -hmm. That's my father, I respect him. And I went back to saying, yes, sir. So I'll make a point uh, sometime. Well, actually, I think, yeah, I remember, it might've been earlier than that, but I made a point in my mind, you know, to try to remember to often just, did my dad speaks say yes sir because I, I respect my dad and i want i want to show that on but i remember also when my grandfather was still driving but he was already going blind mm-hmm. and you know i was talking to him <laughs> one time and he said sometimes when i'm driving down the road at night it looks like the headlights are coming straight at me but at the last second, they go away. (laughs) So I've I've never checked to see how many cars got up, run off the road in Arkansas (laughs) during that period of time. But, you know, I think the son's finally convinced him to turn over that driver's license. How do you, you know, what are some things helpful to keep in mind to still honor and respect the parent in ways that you can, when you're also having to, they're having to have the humility to lose independence and, 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 and avoiding treating them like a child, even though
0: some of their needs may be. John. Um, two principles that come to my mind in thinking about that is uh, one from Matthew 7, what we commonly refer to as the golden rule, where Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, that's a really helpful principle for children to remember in caring for their parents, and really easy application I think to make because you made the you made the observation Scott that often the same care and concern and, and level of of help that we need when we're children is the same care and concern that children end up needing to give to their parents, and then also remembering that same principle, it's not easy for parents to make those kinds of changes, especially after they've been in the same routine for a long time, but how would you, if you were them, want to be treated and respected and talked to and, and dealt with in that situation? Because one day, if the natural progression happens, you will be in that situation, and so do your best to treat them how you want. And the other principle that comes to my mind is from Philippians 2 where Paul says, do, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but esteem others as better than yourself and do that because Christ did that. That was the mind of Christ. Oftentimes what gets in the way is people don't want to be inconvenienced. And it's sad that that comes up in the family relationship, that you don't want to be inconvenienced or rock your boat for family. Of anyone else in the world, you should be more willing to do that for family, but oftentimes our our natural inclination is to not want to do that and esteem ourselves better and our way more important. A big principle in the Bible is just learn to sacrifice. That's what Christ did, and that's what we need to be willing to do, whether it's children for parents or parents for children. If both parties are keeping those principles in mind of doing to others what you would want them to do to you and esteeming others as better than yourselves, the the interactions are gonna be a lot smoother and full of more love and more concern and more patience, but where those get forgotten is where the more more problems start showing up. Uh,
1: Cassandra mentions empathy uh, and and that's exactly right. Um, You all are probably familiar with it. If not, you ought to become. The story of the wooden bowl, um, if you're not familiar with it, I'll not go through the whole story right now, but, Uh, if you any for anybody listening you if you just google the story of the wooden bowl and probably the very first hit is going to come up on moralstories.org and it's basically a story about how and uh, grandpa came to visit uh, came to live with us but he began spilling his cereals spilling his milk and everything they, the parents decided, because he was breaking the dishes, they just made him a wooden bowl. They eventually had him sit off to the corner because he was getting, a, getting stuff on other people. And one day, they caught their son uh, carving a, a bowl, and they asked him what he was doing. He said, well, I'm getting it ready for you all. And that, that's, that's a very short diversion. It's written much, much better. Um, uh, but the moral of the story there is exactly biblical because it's you reap what you sow. And so I think that a lot of that is helpful to think about in these situations. And so there's two other points that I would want to to emphasize. One is no two families are the same. Sometimes you get really cantankerous parents or really hard to get along with son-in-laws or daughter-in-laws. And so there's going to be some real difficulties in that. And you just need to do the best that you can. You know, maybe think about Romans 14, as much as depends upon me live at peace with all men um uh, and so i think that's you know i i i feel for people that don't have godly in-laws like mine have been in in going through this um the other thing there i think there's a really beautiful story that fits right into this discussion that kind of gets overlooked and that's the story of ruth you know oh. you You have Ruth and Naomi. Naomi's becoming aged. She makes some references that she couldn't have children any longer and so forth. Uh, She doesn't go out into the fields and work. It, It appears that she's becoming older. Ruth really sets out to take care of her. And when Boaz comes into the picture, he sends food home for her. He makes sure that she's provided for. And the whole while, Naomi is making sure that Ruth is being provided for everybody's wanting to take care of everybody else in the story and and man it's not always that way but we need to live with that kind of a goal in mind and maybe even just studying through the book of ruth i got as blessed to be able to teach that just not too long ago and and so many times in studying through those short four chapters my own situation Uh, appeared in my mind of how I need to be more like the virtuous man, uh, Boaz.
2: Let's read the last verses of Ruth, and then I want to throw out a couple of questions here and one observation. Uh, And let me go ahead and throw out the questions first. You can be thinking about it. Um, What about siblings? Sometimes caring for family falls on one sibling more than the other, sometimes because of geography. Or, or, or other things. But what can other siblings do? And so th- I'd like some thoughts on that. Um, and what about in a situation where if you find your parents are wanting one thing and your spouse is wanting another thing? So I'd like some discussion on that in a minute. But first, let me read this. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Ruth. I hadn't even thought of Ruth. That's good, good point. This is at the end where Boaz uh, and, and Ruth have had the child. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. She went into her. Jehovah gave her conception. She bare a son. The women said to Naomi, blessed be Jehovah, who has not left you this day without a near kinsman. Let his name be famous in Israel, and he will be unto you as a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Mm -hmm. Or your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons has born him. So, see, they're not talking now about Boaz. They're talking about this baby. And, of course, what grandmother isn't excited to see her grandchild? Not for selfish reasons. Ooh, he's going to pay and take care. We love babies and we love grandbabies. But what an important thing that will be for her in, in this family relationship as well, uh, and, and I want to make this comment and then give those two questions. Joe, you mentioned, uh, as we so so shall we reap. If me and my wife don't really want to spend time with our kids and we want to make more and more money so that we can get more and more toys, and so as soon as our kids are born, we're looking for a daycare that will take infants, and every day we warehouse our kids in a place where, For money, they will take care of inconvenient human beings and they'll warehouse them with other inconvenient human beings of the same age. And we're paying a lot of money, but the caretakers may be minimum wage and who knows what all may be going on. Should we be surprised if when we get elderly and inconvenient, we get warehoused in the same way? That's not to say there aren't some people who through... Health and other needs need to be in a place where they can be cared for. But there's there's a lot of what you sow, you shall reap there. Uh, but what about those questions? Uh, what about siblings? Any thoughts on that? And what about um, if you have here's what my spouse wants, here's what my parents want, and they're pulling in opposite directions and there's not cooperation there, and I'm stuck in the middle of those thoughts? Don't
0: along the lines of siblings, it's not a scenario um, and a story that's talking about caring for parents, but um, it, my mind goes to Luke 15 and the, the parable of the two sons where you have one son who kind of abandons the family and one son who stays with the family. And obviously there, there are faults on both sides of that. But at the end of that story, when the one son finally returns and wants to be active and, 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 and join the family again, or actually join as a servant, the older son feels bitterness and resentment, and his thoughts are, you know, I've been here this whole time, and he hasn't done anything. One thing that needs to be uh, guarded against by siblings in, in caring in those situations um, is that there's not bitterness and resentment that shows up because of maybe geographical differences. And like like so like in my current situation right now, my parents live about 10 hours away, 10-hour car ride away, and my in-laws live about a 30-minute car ride away. If both my parents and TJ's parents are in a position of where they need help, um, about three months ago, my brother lived about 30 minutes away from my parents. And if that was still the current situation, a lot of the responsibility would probably fall on my brother to care for my parents while I would be caring for my Um, in-laws and different situations like that. There just needs to be compromise and guarding against bitterness. And that's not to say my responsibilities are thrown out the window because I live far away. I should be looking and seeking for ways to honor and and help my parents as much as i can but it would be the responsibility of my brother to not become bitter whenever it's not as easily accessible for me as it is for him um and that could go either way i think joe
1: yeah so so much of this is just going to depend on the way a person chooses to look at the situation Mm -hmm. um you know oh they've come to live with us. We can't go on vacation now. You know, uh, is is that a godly uh, d- decision or, or is that a selfish uh, conflict that's going on there? Yeah, there may be some things that we really enjoyed that, that we're not going to be able to do, but what we ought to do is look for the, the tremendous blessings. But when, when my in-laws moved in, it meant that my children finally got to spend time with them because we had been in other countries preaching the gospel and so forth and uh, i'd always felt guilty about ha- living so far away from them with having our children and so now here they are they're able to to see them every day and you know my my son noah was able to work with my with my father-in-law on on some of the projects here around the house and things like that those would be memories that they will have and so yeah we, we lose a vacation but we gain other memories, um, and so that idea of not being bitter about it. What we need to do is, you know, kind of uh, look for the good in the in the situation. And there's a lot of it if we will approach it godly. Um, I think the other side is so the the child that lives far away. It is going to be complicated. A couple of things that I would encourage. One would be to maybe so. One side is going to lose vacation or private time and, and that sort of thing. So maybe what the other family does is they come to visit and say, "Can we stay at your house for a week or so?" And you guys go, and and we'll take care of them for a while. I know some families that are doing that very thing um, as we speak. Um, uh, you know that that's a scenario. Finances is sometimes an issue, but I don't think it's the greatest issue, generally speaking, in our culture. I think the greater issue is, am I showing my involvement cheerfully? (laughs) Um, uh, You know, I I think that's what we need to be doing.
2: We got three questions here, and we got limited time, so I'm going to read the three questions, and then you guys pick one to respond to, and we'll see if we can get get at least two of them in, if not all three. Um, Here's question number one. What happens when when a parent still treats the adult son as a kid. Can that be culture? And if so, is that right? Question number two, we've been in the situation of spouse versus parent before. While we are to honor our parents, it's biblical for us to leave father and mother and cleave to our spouse. Uh, So, you know, there's levels of responsibility here, but you need to think about what has priority. When that has happened to us, we have made the decision that first our marriage and to also honor our parents. I like the way that's worded. It goes back to what we said earlier that both parties need to approach the situation with humility. Okay, so that one wasn't a question, but I think it it answered itself or it, it gave an answer. It was really good. And then here's a question. What to do when family doesn't understand or want to see parent who is a younger senior citizen who has a physical disability from an accident that ha- that caused damage but isn't outwardly obvious. In other words, they don't look like they're decrepit and, you know, uh, very, very old, but maybe they have more issues than they're obvious. E- either one of those did either one of you want to start on?
1: Jonathan, you want to take
2: one, one more question here. I'll read while y'all are thinking this, this is uh, from TJ. This is one of those situations where excuses to not take care of parents adequately would be plentiful. So you have to choose first to say, yes, I can help is your first thought?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So along the lines of what, uh, what Dan brought up and being in the situation of, of spouse versus parents, I think you have a fundamental problem with that at the beginning of titling it as spouse versus parents it should be spouse and parents and dan brings that up in his comment of we need to leave and cleave and honor our relationship our marriage while also learning and figuring out how to honor our parents and working together in that situation um it, it's like what jesus says when he's talking to the pharisees who have really emphasized one specific group of, of commands, but neglected the others. He doesn't say you should have stopped emphasizing those commands and rather emphasize the other ones, but you should have done these without neglecting the others. Um, you know, observed faith and love and all of those while also giving and sacrificing and things like that. Um, and so I think a similar application can be made with, with a spouse and, and caring for your parents. They're going to be like what Joe said earlier, not every family is is identical in their situation, but there will be ways to both honor your parents and maintain your relationship and your responsibilities to each other within your marriage. It may be more difficult and it may be not what you're used to, but sometimes you'll have to go through a year or more of discomfort in order to follow God's commands than to try to figure out a way to emphasize one over the other. Um, and, and again, it goes back to our attitude and how we approach those situations and kind of like what, what TJ said, it's easy to make excuses to not do one or the other. The hard thing and the thing that Christians I think are called to do is figure out how to fulfill both of them. Um, and that'll require sacrifice and giving up some of the things that we would like to do, but that's how, that's what we're supposed to be doing anyway, not, not following our own will or putting our own desires above the, the commands of God.
1: If only we had a couple of passages that could confirm for us that when God allows us to be in uncomfortable situations, it causes us to grow.
2: Yeah, if only.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's an excellent point. Uh, Really quickly for Peterson, um, uh, that's unfortunate when that happens. It may be cultural. It may be just like the way that his father treated him, that that's how then he's going to treat his son. Is it right? probably not you know there's other variables that may be fitting in there uh but generally speaking no um i think that my counsel would be to try to have a sit-down conversation and and explain i'm a i'm a man now i'm an adult i do still need your help i want your counsel but i also need to be allowed to make my own decisions and either right or wrong uh you know i i i when I come to you for advice, then that's when I really want it. Um, my father-in-law, one of the great things that I learned from him as, as uh, becoming a father-in-law myself yeah. was don't give advice unless it's requested. Um, uh, you know, I, I try really hard not to do that. I mean, unless it's something that is extremely critical that I think you're just going to blow this and it's going to have some serious long-term consequences, Other than that, let them make their own decisions. Um, uh, And and so, you know, I I think maybe having a sit down conversation with the dad and that and just saying, please, you know, let me be a man, you know, I'm going to make mistakes like you did, but but I'll grow and and I love you for that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Anything else? All right, well, um, well, thank you guys for the discussion today. Thank you, Joe, for joining us today on the, on the Tuesday show um, and, and sharing some of your experiences along with that. Um, <laughs> I feel like you have something snarky to say, but I'm not gonna let you. So we'll just mute. I have the privileges here so I can mute. No, no, uh, but, but really thank you for coming on and spending your time with us. And thank you to our audience for your comments and your thoughts and questions today. Um, we hope that that discussion is helpful for um, you all. Oh. And uh, before we get off, um, Cassandra just just typed in, did we address what Cassandra asked, a family that doesn't want to see a parent who is younger, senior citizen, who has a physical disability from an accident?
2: Let's take, let's take one or two more minutes over yeah. time. Yeah, and, and address that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate the questions and, and we had a lot of audience participation today. We, we appreciate that. So let's suppose, um, say in, in an accident, for example, you can end up with back trouble or neck trouble that's not real visible. And other people don't know how much pain you're in. You know, uh, Jonathan is sitting there young and healthy, looks young and healthy. But suppose he gets a serious back or neck injury and he can't move well. If Joe and I are looking at him, I'm like, I don't see anything wrong with him. That doesn't mean there isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like in your guys' biblical answers today, you went to some biblical passages that cover all sorts of things, like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. When does that not apply? Mm -hmm. So if I've got a need and you guys aren't seeing it, how would you like me? How would I want to be shown that need? would I want it from whining and complaining and groaning And no. Uh, I'd like you to sit down, you know, I'd like to a conversation to take place where it can be heard. And if I'm the one injured, you know, um, what would I want from others to understand I'm hurt? Lucas and I were playing basketball this week and during a rebound or something, my back got twisted and pulled and it was like, I said, you know, we need, after this game, we need to stop and do horse, because mm-hmm. I, I felt an injury coming on. Now, a few minutes later, it cleared out, so then we got back to playing some one-on-one, but, you know, I stopped and communicated, mm-hmm. and so I think communication and positive communication, mm-hmm. uh, so any tips, because where you don't communicate, then people don't know your needs, mm-hmm. but sometimes we can communicate our needs in ways that are counterproductive. So any thoughts on that either? Well,
1: I, I mean, 1 Corinthians 13, of the, the way that love behaves, um, you know, you may end up having somebody who doesn't behave that way, which is, I think, the very reason for 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. You know, all of those things that he mentions there were specific issues. Most of them you can even see from previous chapters. Were specific issues going on in the church, and so sometimes you have people who are going to law, going to court against one another. They don't. They're not showing love. They're they're trying to get the upper hand or whatever. Sometimes family members are like that, and you know, there's not much you can do except we still shower them with love. We we still behave the way that we need to um so it may be a case where family members just they're not going to uh, to respect that they're not going to hear that that's unfortunate but i think what we need to try to do is just continue to be loving on the other side it, it's hard for me to answer a question about people who are refusing to do something even even the lord can't you know couldn't do things with the pharisees when they refuse to see things
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but maybe maybe getting a doctor involved uh <laughs> to explain what exactly is going on that might be a scenario
0: that could help Mm -hmm. jonathan anything on that um not anything that you already didn't say so
2: i'll throw out one other thing
0: in first corinthians 5
2: before the church took care of these widows it said if she's got children or grandchildren let them take care of her that that's priority And, and again it says that at the end it says it at the beginning and end that that principle not worded the same but the, the principle uh but so the widows that were cared for by the church are the ones where there weren't kids there locally able to take care of them and in that case the church cared for them and there may be some time where if our children won't give us what what we need you know let, let brethren where you're at pitch in and it doesn't mean you have to be enrolled as widow indeed but you know uh there you know the, there can be a, a local sister or brother that they would be happy to give us a ride to the doctor on tuesdays mm-hmm. or you know uh, come over and and lift those heavy things for us mm-hmm. and it, it'd be nice if the children would always step up on those things but if they don't Uh, let let other brethren have the opportunity to serve as well. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Well, thank you all um, for your discussion today. Thank you for our audience again. Um, And we hope that that's helpful for you all. If you have any other questions along this topic or any other topics that you want us to discuss on our show, you can submit those to us at biblequest.org. And we'll be happy to add that to our future shows uh, coming up. But that's all that we have for this week. And so we will see you all next time, Lord willing.